Grenade.com is a fantastic success story. With 50 million pound turnover at around 10% margin, they've just sold to huge company Mondelez for 200 million pounds. Founders Alan and Julie are still at the helm. And in this episode, we're going to do a digital marketing deep dive to find out how they've grown this business. Now, Grenade.com, for those who don't know, sell protein bars. They started out selling supplements, moved into protein bars, and now sell all sorts of health kind of related drinks and bars and supplements. They do a lot of direct to consumer stuff, but their main channel is selling through retail. And a lot of their marketing is focused at driving people to retail. So when they're doing their weekly shop, grabbing some grenade bars, or when they're at the counter, you know, you'll often see them just in front of the checkouts when you're about to pay. That's what they're really trying to drive people through. So to do this, they do a bit of social media, they do a bit of influencer, a bit of SEO, a bit of pay-per-click. And today we're going to be doing a deep dive to see how it's all going, what they could be doing better and what the lessons are that we can all take and apply to our own businesses. Now, if you want to sell a lot of stuff, this episode is for you. There are tons of lessons in here. And as always with these deep dives, there are lessons not only for Grenade and businesses selling these types of products, the fundamentals of digital marketing never change. So whether you're selling grenade protein bars or, you know, actual grenades, (laughs) the fundamental principles aren't going to change. So stay tuned and always remember to ask yourself, what can I apply here to my business? Don't think my business is different. This won't work for me. Think, how can I apply this to my business? Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We work with our clients to get them more leads and sales through their website. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about, helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. Now, today we're going to be doing a dive into Grenade.com's digital marketing, and we're going to be drawing out some lessons that you can apply to your business and your marketing to take on some of the stuff that they've been doing so well. So first up, we're going to have a look at their business model and some fundamentals. Then we're going to have a look at their different digital marketing channels. So I'm going to talk you through their website, conversion rate optimization, branding, and then we're going to have a look at traffic generation. So social media strategies, their influencer strategies, what they're doing across search as well. Then at the end, we're going to summarize with some lessons. These are the key takeaways that you can start applying today. So loads and loads to get through. And if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, then you can go to our YouTube channel. So just search for Exposure Ninja on YouTube and you'll find us there. And that'll have like screen recordings and you'll be able to see some of the examples. But if you don't want to do that, that's absolutely fine. I'm going to explain everything in the podcast so you can see it in your mind's eye. Okay, so first up, Grenade's business model. So whilst on the surface, yes, it's a protein bar company, you could say there's a lot of crossover with some of the deep dives that we've done recently for like the hot group with my protein or uh, Huel for the meal replacement. Actually, there are some really key differences here. And the drive to retail piece makes this quite different for Grenade.com against some of those businesses, which are primarily D2C. So the drive to retail is in some ways it's tricky because they need to build their brand name, build their recognition 
so that when you are at that checkout and you see some grenade bars in front of you, that triggers some recollection and leads you to purchase. It means that their marketing is in some ways a bit more difficult to track because they can't so accurately measure when we do this, we get sales. Whereas with direct consumer, you know, if you can track the click through a Facebook ad, for example, and you can see that people are buying from your website, then that is a very straightforward way of measuring what's working for your business. So Grenade does have a direct consumer piece, they do sell through their website. But to be honest, as we'll see when we go through the website, the website still feels a tad homemade. And it's clear that direct consumer isn't really their top priority. Now immediately there is an opportunity here because selling direct to consumer gives you higher margins, it gives you more customer data, it opens up possibilities like subscription businesses and memberships and things like this. Now maybe their growth plan in the future could be to use retail as lead generation, i.e. you sell to people who see the product in a store, they buy it, then you somehow bounce them through to come and purchase direct so that you can maintain that relationship and keep those margins. Or maybe they've got an agreement with retailers where they don't compete. And there are some places like paid search where it actually looks like they're making a conscious decision not to compete in some areas, although it could just be that they have missed that opportunity. So that's kind of interesting. And that's one thing which I think is like an overarching theme. Now their owners, their new owners, Mondelez, they don't have a strong direct consumer background. So it'll be interesting to see whether that ever becomes a priority for Grenade after the acquisition, or whether Mondelez will continue with their retail model. So that's a kind of one to watch type thing. So let's have a look at their website first. And I'm going to talk you through to begin with their branding and positioning. So if you haven't seen grenade products before, it's a little bit like they had loads of spare colored ink, and they had to get rid of it like it was about to go off that day. And they had to use all of it like these are really bold, bright colors, the whole branding is super, super bright. We're talking orange grenades, we're talking products which are like bright pink, bright blue. Now, you'd expect the branding to be bold, you'd expect the fonts to be all capitals, you'd expect it to be in your face. I mean, this is a business called Grenade. After all, this is something that's designed to kill groups of people by blowing their bodies apart. So it would be a little bit weird if their color scheme was like nudes and neutrals, right? But nevertheless, this is like high impact, high action. As soon as you get on the website, the main headline has a four letter word in it, right? Arm yourself with the fuel to get s done. This is not a brand that is hiding away. This isn't like, oh, an alternative to a nice chocolate bar, you could just get grenade and they're about the same. This is like a big punch in the face, which is great. And that's what makes it stand out. This in particular, comes from their long, long history. I remember seeing grenade in men's health magazines in the early 2010s, you know, this would be the pictures of the jacked guys and they'd have these grenade protein supplements or whatever they were. And you know, the feeling was this was positioned as kind of borderline doping, right? It was it felt like they were trying to take some of the vibe of steroids and suggest that you were getting that benefit through the product. So it's been interesting to see how over the years, they've become more and more mass market. And now we're in a case where you can pick up one of these at Tesco. And you know, it's, it's come a very, very long way. So there's been this journey that the brand has been on. And this is something really important to consider. 
as we start talking about target audience later with social, we have to remember that they are trying to work for a whole bunch of different audiences. They're trying to work for the people that are just going to casually pick one up in a supermarket as much as they're trying to retain that old school audience that is buying the supplements. And to be honest, it looks like they're struggling in places, but we'll talk about that a bit later on. Now on the website, as I said, the direct consumer piece and their website feels a little bit homemade. That's the overall vibe that I'm getting. It's definitely made mobile first. And it's one of those what actually feels a little bit mobile only, if you like. It's like all the attention has gone on to making it look good on mobile. So the desktop tablet piece feels a little bit left behind. Now, desktop, sure, it's not going to be a major traffic driver for them compared to mobile, but tablet could be. And what you'll often find is that whilst mobile traffic is much higher, it's a desktop and tablet traffic, which has a much higher conversion rate. So even if you're building for mobile, you never want to sacrifice the desktop and tablet experience too much. Now, to be honest, it looks like what they've done is they've had a look at some of the big direct consumer brands and they've said, okay, what's working really well? What do we need to take and what do we need to apply? So for example, we've got a scrolling benefits bar right at the top, which for those who don't know, the benefits bar is the little bar at the top of the website, which kind of scrolls through some different benefits of buying from you. So here we've got free gift with purchase at over £45. We've got order by 11pm for free next day working delivery if you spend over £30. And we've got subscribe to our emails and save 20%. Now that's fine, but when it says subscribe to our emails and save 20%, I can't see how to do that. I can't click on that benefit. So immediately, like the first thing that we see on the page is this subscribe to our emails and save 20%. I can't do that. And if I can't do that, that immediately makes me feel like I'm paying too much for the product because I know that there's this 20% discount, which I can't find. I can't seem to get access to it. I think it's a pop-up on page load the first time you visit the site. But if you just click over it like most people do, you don't see it again and you can't find it again, which is a real issue. So I just make that linkable. It's a really simple thing to do. And it means people don't feel like they're missing out on a discount. Anytime you offer a discount, particularly if it's a large discount like 20%, but you don't give people a way to get it, then to purchase otherwise feels like you're losing out. This is why we see bounce rates and checkout dropout rates increase if there's a voucher code box in the checkout, which is nice and prominent because people are thinking, well, you know, there's a checkout code. I don't have it. Therefore, I'm overpaying by paying full price. So that for me is a bit of an issue. Different pricing thresholds for different free gifts. So this is kind of interesting. I think you get free delivery over £30. You get a free gift over £45. You could go two ways on this. It's a good thing to do, sorry, to, to offer pricing thresholds to encourage people to spend over a certain amount. But usually what you're trying to encourage is you're trying to encourage people to have a target in their head for what their checkout value is going to be, right? You want them to have a single target. For example, free gift purchase over £45. I'm going to aim for that. And then I'm filling up my basket to get to that. But then I've got free delivery over £30. So should my threshold be 30 or should it be 45 so I'd be really interested to see what would happen to average order value if those two benefits were combined into one. We maybe set a midpoint of £37 or £35 and said you get a free gift and free delivery over £40 or something like that and see if we can nudge that average order value up a little bit. Now it's a Shopify site, so pretty straightforward product page layout, pretty straightforward shopping cart experience, no complaints there. 
They've got a pretty cool product um, called the Grenade Carb Killer Pick and Mix, which is basically where you can buy a whole bunch of their protein bars. And if you buy 24 of them, you get a discount. So this is one of those that is easier to look at in the video version of this podcast. But basically, you start with this box of 24 bars and they're completely grayed out. You've got all the flavors on the right hand side and you can add up different quantities of each ones and you see them being populated in your little box and it tells you how many bars you've got left until you reach your limit. This is pretty cool implementation. I've got no idea how many people use it, but it's a really nice way of encouraging people to get to that 42% threshold through this pick and mix thing. I think confusingly, you don't get some of the offers or you don't get discount codes with the special bundle, which I think this counts as. So there's a little lack of clarity there, but the implementation is great and it's a really cool thing to do. Their product pages are decent. The product pages explain what's in the products and how they work. You've got different sections on the product page. You know, we often talk about having a long product page with all the key questions about a product being answered rather than just a couple paragraphs of description text. And they've done that. You know, they've got some information about why carb killer bars. They've got some information about, you know, sustainable palm oil, the fact that they're GMO free, informed, sport approved. They've got ingredients, nutritional information, you've got when to take them, and then you've got reviews all embedded on that page. This is a little bit weird. You've even got this thing about how we make the protein bars, and it kind of shows you inside the factory about how they work. But this looks to be a business insider video rather than something that's necessarily been filmed by Grenade. Nobody's talking through it. There's no kind of, you know, you could build a lot of relationship in this. You could have the founder of the business leading you through the factory, explaining this is where we put the stuff in. At the moment, it looks completely generic. Honestly, some of the video stuff looks really unappealing and the exact opposite of what you want. It looks like fatty and coagulated and not massively nice. If you've ever seen the programs like Inside the Factory, you'll know what I mean. So, Yeah, I think this could be an opportunity. It's great that they've got a video, but I would use this as an opportunity to build a relationship with a brand. This is a brand that has loads of personality and yet on the website, sometimes that personality is lacking a bit. Product photography is good. They've got nice colorful shots you can see inside the bars and that type of stuff. So all those typical questions are answered. Now they do have a loyalty program, which is pretty cool. Trouble is I actually couldn't sign up for it. It just dumped me back at the registration page. So this is what I mean by the feels in some places a little bit unloved. There's some great ideas, there's some great concepts here, but this is what tells me that this isn't a direct consumer priority brand. Otherwise, you know, if this stuff was on a hot group property, for example, I mean, you'd never see it on a hot group property. If you compare the hot group sites to this, it feels like a completely different league. And I know these businesses are at a completely different league, but you have to build the site that gets you to the level that you want to be at, right? If you want to compete with the hot group, you have to build the site that's as good as that in order to get to that level. You can't wait until you're that stage to start implementing stuff. So there's just a little bit of tidying up between the lines, which I think could be improved. The best way I can describe it is if you've ever tried to design your own website, and you've looked at it and said, it looks okay, but it just doesn't look quite right. And then you have a great designer come in and design it, and they get the ratios right, they get the spacings right, they get the balance right, they get the color contrasts right. And it's those little things that aren't obvious to us non designers, but to a designer, would just tweak things a little bit, move things a few pixels, adjust the spacing, and all of a sudden, boom, it feels right. 
That's the sense I'm getting from this. If you need some help with your digital marketing and you're listening to this because you want to emulate Grenade's success or you want to get growth with your business, then our agency, Exposure Ninja, this is exactly what we do. We offer a free service called a free website and marketing review, which if you haven't already requested, I strongly suggest that you do. During this free website and digital marketing review, we basically do what I'm doing for Grenade here. We have a look through your website and digital marketing, we take a look at your competitors, and we map out your top priorities over the next six to 12 months to hit the sales and lead volume goals that you've told us you have. So in order to request your free website and marketing review, all you need to do is fill out a short form. It's that simple. Just go to ExposureNinja.com and click the big button. There's a questionnaire which asks you a bunch of questions about your business and your targets. And our team will then record you a 15 minute video, which we'll send over to you usually within two to three working days, which shows you how to get to your digital marketing goals. Completely free of charge and no obligation to use our agency services. So that's ExposureNinja.com to request that. Okay. Let's talk about traffic. So now we're going to look at their traffic generation strategies. We're going to start with social media and we're going to look at their most popular channels first of all. So their top followed channel is their Facebook page, which has 310,000 likes, which is a fantastic number. If we look at the sort of content that they're posting, there's a real mixture between kind of gym focused memes with product posts. So they're not just going all in on posting product posts, which is good to see because that's typically not the sort of stuff that people go to uh, social media for. There's lots of gym focused memes. There's that, you know, they seem to know their audience. There's pictures of, you know, people doing workouts, they're sharing hit tips, they've got pictures of their product in different contexts, like, you know, they're making these freak shake milkshakes using their product. And it's people saying, wow, this looks amazing, that type of stuff. There's people doing crazy workout stuff, like one girl who's doing a kind of clean, and then she's doing the splits. It looks really weird, but it's exactly the sort of stuff that people love to see on social media. But, and it's a big but, it feels a little bit half-baked. Honestly, a little bit like their website, their Facebook page feels a little bit undercooked. And this is quite a common thing that we'll see with businesses. They'll be focusing on their Instagram because their Instagram is where they're getting all their organic traffic. And then they'll just be posting that stuff on Facebook as well. And the Facebook is very much a kind of second priority. So what you end up seeing is you end up seeing some comments which maybe you wouldn't necessarily like. There's some sexist stuff around the video of the girl doing the workout stuff. You know, there's a lot of low engagement on some of these as well, which really doesn't match the size of the business and their kind of get shit done philosophy. Yeah, they could also, you know, they're doing things like they're showing influencers and they're showing people in their posts, but they're not tagging through to their Facebook page. So they've got these influencers or they've got these workout people who have done this user generated content, but because they're not being tagged in their post, it's possible that those influencers aren't even seeing the post so they then can't share it with their audience. So it just feels a little bit like an afterthought rather than a real, real marketing priority really need to delete some of the spam comments as well. There's, you know, there's a lot of spam comments coming through on their stuff. And it really just doesn't make it look good. You know, the sort of thing where this financial guru really helped me to win through Bitcoin and stuff. And this is just living on posts that are quite old now. So it just shows that there's not that much engagement. There are some simple things that they could do like 
if you're going to show someone doing some crazy workout move, for example. Just ask your audience, tag a friend who you'd love to see trying this, you know, it's an opportunity for a bit of banter. And there's definitely a banter component to grenades positioning, they drive around in tanks, they've got grenades like this is the sort of thing where that sort of thing could do quite well. Now on Instagram, they've got a lot more engagement, as many people find with Instagram, the organic engagement is still there. So even though their audience is smaller at 226,000 followers, they're getting more engagement per post. So whereas on Facebook, they might be getting 10 to 30 engagements per post on Instagram, they're getting more like 60 to 2000. So there's a lot more organic engagement on Instagram. And to be fair, there seems to be a lot more effort going into their Instagram posts, they're posting more frequently, and it seems to be pretty good. Now, according to Social Blade, their following on Instagram is growing at about 1% per month, and they're posting once per day. So 1% growth per month, posting once per day. If we compare this to Huel, who we looked at recently on a digital marketing deep dive, they're posting about half as often, but they are growing at 4% per month. So compared to Grenade's 1% audience growth per month, Huel are growing at 4% per month. And they have a higher engagement rate of 0.59% versus Grenade's 0.37%. So I wanted to look at what's the difference? Why are Huel getting more engagement with their stuff? Why are Grenade getting lower engagement with their stuff? Now, if you've heard the Huel podcast or you've watched the Huel video, you'll know that one of their big things is community. Their community really feels like a tribe. They call themselves the Hooligans. They tag each other. They tag Huel in their posts. They tag themselves as Hooligans. It's a really great kind of environment and their people seem to feel quite bought in. Their customers feel bought in and part of the brand. We don't get that sense so much with Grenade. Yes, people are declaring their love for the products, but they're not identifying with themselves as users of the product. And I think that could be a big opportunity for Grenade to have some sort of club, whether this is official or it's just a hashtag that people can identify with. But, and it's a big but, part of the reason I think they haven't been able to do this is because of the target audience stuff, which we're going to touch on in just a minute. So, for example, Huel posted that their products were now available in Tesco. Grenade, a few days later, also posted that their products are available in Tesco. But the Huel post got a lot more engagement than the Grenade post did. Now Huel took this as an opportunity. In fact, Huel got double the engagement to Grenade, despite the fact that it's a very similar post. So what makes the difference here? Well, Huel's audience is more engaged, they're more engaged with the story of the brand, clearly. It's a much longer, more descriptive post about what it means, about the fact that Huligans have requested that you want to buy Huel in Tesco, and now we finally managed to do it. Like there's a bit of a camaraderie thing, like you wanted it, we did it for you. Yes, we've done this together. Whereas with Grenade, there's almost no caption at all. It says, fudged up in store, get our brand new fudged up carb killer flavor in Tesco stores now. That's it. So there's no background to the business. There's no, you know, this is a massive, massive moment. I'd love to see the founders, Alan and Julie of Grenade saying, you know, wow, we've always shopped in Tesco and thought how cool it would be to one day be in this fantastic store. We're so delighted. Like it's amazing to look back on the story of the brand and know that your consumption of our bars has got us to this point where we're in one of the biggest superstores in the UK. 
What a moment this feels like for grenades. Let's look back at the very start of our business and see how far we've come. Like, this could be a great opportunity for them to tap into the story of the brand and use this as a real milestone. Instead, what we've got is something that's essentially completely transactional, very homemade looking shot where the Tesco logo is actually bigger than the product. And subsequently, we've got pretty low engagement. And there's certainly not the emotional connection that we see with the fans compared to Huel. So this for me is a challenge for Grenade and it's a challenge for anyone listening. How do you build a fan base out of your audience rather than just broadcasting at them and saying, you know, we've done this. How do you turn that into an opportunity to talk through the story and to actually get them aligned with the story and the journey that they're on with you? So Huel definitely doing a much better job of that than Grenade. Now, Grenade actually has an amazing story, so I really think they should be sharing that. Let's talk about influencers, because Grenade has used and is using influencers. But, and I've just been talking about this with head of social strat, Mel, who is an amazing social media ninja. She's also an influencer and has worked with brands like Adidas. And we've just been talking and having a minor disagreement here. So I'm going to give you my take and I'm going to give you Mel's take on this. So Grenade has used influencers, but based on their business and their product range, I would expect that their influencers would be quite fitness focused. They will be people that have a large fitness audience. For example, Grenade made a post where they showed a whole bunch of their bars in cross section and the audience had to guess what bars they were looking at through the cross sections. This is a difficult thing. You need to be a super fan to get this right. So I just did a quick scan of who was getting these answers right. And the answers were PTs, PTs and fitness people. Now for me, PTs are a great audience for Grenade because they can buy them, they are influencers to all of their clients and they're treated as kind of aspirational figures on Instagram. So often PTs will have a decent following and all of their clients will basically follow their recommendations. So for me, they're a great audience to target because they have an audience themselves. So I would expect Grenade's influencers to be people that are broadly of interest to PTs. So these might be high profile athletes that have a reputation for fitness. These might be personal train, like super trainer type fitness influencers, that type of thing. Now Grenade, one of their most high profile recent partnerships has been with the dance group Diversity and in particular their founder Ashley Banjo. Now, if you're from outside the UK, you might not have heard of diversity, but it's basically, I think they came from Britain's Got Talent. So they're a kind of talent show TV act, basically, that do dance. And they're a very, you know, friendly, clean cut vibe, very primetime TV, if you like. Ashley Banjo, also his other big partnership at the moment, is Purcell, which is a washing detergent, right? So that tells you a bit about the following. It's families, it's the mums and the dads and, and that type of thing. It's, it's a family-friendly vibe. So for me, Grenade, whose headline is Get Shit Done, who posts pictures of people who are jacked, working out, hot hit routines, and talking about tanks and supplementation, this feels like a weird collaboration to me. Now, yes, Diversity have a huge audience, Ashley Banjo has a million followers, loads of engagement, but they're paying a lot for that massive engagement. Whereas actually, I think what they could do is get more influence from a more targeted influencer type. 
And we can kind of see this in the numbers. So Ashley posted a snapshot of the short film that they worked on with Grenade. So they built this like short film together and the whole point was to give us some content that Ashley could post on his social channels and Grenade would be featured in this and it would be a kind of collaboration. So Ashley posts the poster for this, like the trailer image, if you like, on his Instagram channel. And it got 5,700 likes, 54 comments. So reasonable response. But this is like a Wells thought through, slick, put together, awesome Hollywood style thing with tanks and guns and explosions. Must have cost a fortune. Then a few days later, he posts a picture where he's laughing, holding his kid upside down, gets 10 times the engagement, right? So for me, this just illustrates that the target audience isn't right. If you can post a picture of holding your kid upside down and get 10 times the engagement that you get on a post that's done with a brand, which is designed for maximum impact and costs loads of money, that for me shows a mismatch in the product target audience and influencer piece. So why am I going into so much detail with this? For me, it's a question of target audience. Who is Grenade's target audience? Are we going mass market? Are we going primetime TV? Which might make sense if we're moving into supermarkets. It might make sense if the new owners, Mondelez, want to turn Grenade into a household name. But that's a very different proposition to where they've come from, which is the fitness crowd, which is the workout crowd. So I feel like Grenade need to be clear on this. If they're going to go for the mass market, the primetime TV people, then a headline on their website of get shit done isn't the one. That's inappropriate. That doesn't work. Driving tanks over cars and down main roads and stuff and using a grenade as your logo probably isn't the one. If you're going to make tasty energy bars, then great, do that. But there are some questions for me about the rest of the brand if you're going to do that. So for me, this is more like a signal that maybe the target audience isn't quite there or that the influencer strategy has just been a bit ad hoc, which is definitely a possibility. You know, often an influencer relationship will come from someone meeting a certain person or oh, I can get you in contact with this person. And then the relationship forms rather than a strategic decision of looking at who are our most engaged customers, who do they follow, who influences them and where can we get the most bang for our buck? Because for me, they're overpaying with Ashley Banjo. So this is where we initially, myself and Mel, had a little bit of disagreement. She's like, yeah, but you know, diversity, they're dancers, they're going to need the energy. They're going to have a dance following, fair play. They might get a bit more bang for their buck, but on the whole, you know, I don't think it's a bad call. So we've got two opinions on this. To be fair to Mel, she is literally an influencer and she does social strategy all the time. So it's highly likely that she's right. But for me, I just don't feel like they've got the strategy quite right here. And the rest of their social content is just totally inconsistent with the primetime TV group. Okay, so what do you do if you are building out an influencer strategy? Well, I would do exactly what we've just said. Look at who your best customers follow. So for Grenade, it's PTs. They don't need celebrities. They can have pro sports people, public figures, or, you know, actually they don't need pro sports people even. They just need the people that have influence with their target audience. Go to Gymshark. Gymshark's athletes aren't famous famous. They're just famous in their space. They have decent audiences of 100K to a few million, but that audience is much more niche. So that for me is where I see the most traction with someone like Grenade because I think actually their audience might be fairly similar here. 
Okay, let's talk about search. You know me, I freaking love search. I think it's the best marketing channel that's ever been invented because it means that you can get right in front of people that are looking for exactly what you sell in that moment that they are looking for it. So for a company like Grenade, search has two purposes. Firstly, product discovery. So for people who don't know Grenade or who haven't ever considered purchasing, Grenade has the opportunity to get them on their website through search by posting stuff, which is informational content, top of funnel stuff, and get them on the site and convert them. Or people who are searching for things like protein bars, get them to a category page, get them to make a purchase, right? So you've got the product discovery piece. But they also have a much more transactional thing, which is the purchases. So people who are searching to buy their bars, we need to get them on the site. And that will be much more straightforward for them because they do have good brand awareness already. They will have a lot of search volume for Grenade. And we see that they've got a very healthy branded search volume. Their goal really should be to get bars into as many mouths as possible because people rave about the taste of these bars. And it looks like repeat custom is pretty healthy. So their goal really should be to get in front of as many potential customers as possible and content marketing and targeting content at different areas, different parts of the buyer funnel in search is a great way of doing this. So let's talk about some specific examples. Now they've done some of this stuff on the website. And this is where we're going to kind of come into this recurring theme of they've done some stuff and it looks to be pretty good. Love to see them taking it to another level. So for example, they've got a reasonable guide on their website. What are macros in nutrition? How to calculate macros? So this is in their blog on their website. It's a long form piece written by Grenade's nutritionist that they have their own nutritionist. And it's a beginner's guide to counting macros. This is ranking for macronutrition in position five. It's ranking position seven for macros and position nine for what is a macro. Okay, so these are the sorts of phrases search for by people who are stepping into some sort of fitness journey. You hear macros being mentioned on some fitness or diet thing that you're just getting into and you head to Google and you want to learn a bit more information about it. Perfect audience for Grenade, because here is someone who is potentially going to miss the treats from their diet and they could substitute those for Grenade bars. And they can then have that association with Grenade as being a healthier alternative to what they're used to. And that means that they don't have to compromise so much as they're moving into their diet or they're starting to think about what they're putting in their mouth a bit more. So this is a great audience for Grenade. So let's have a look at the post and let's talk through exactly what's going on. Firstly, the formatting of the page is really quite basic. This is a long form guide with subheadlines, which is fine, but they've got a table of contents, which doesn't really look too much like a table of contents. Yes, it's linked up, which is good and which is important. But there's a lot of text without too many images. There's a lot of text without like more levels of subheadlines. So usually you want only two or three decent sized paragraphs before you have another subhead. But actually, that's not what we've got here. We've got periods of kind of long, long text. And I would also see this as potentially a pillar piece for other content which goes into more detail. So for example, this is what are macros in food, which macros do I need, then they've got a link through to the benefits of protein as another article, but they could have an opportunity for like linking other stuff about protein, how to get more protein, foods that are high in protein, 
high protein snacks, all this type of stuff could work really well for their business, but they're just not linking into it. So they don't have that content because they haven't built out a full content section as we might see one of the Hut Group properties do, for example, that's something they do really well. They haven't done that, so they can't go further in depth in it. Like I said, formatting the page looks a bit basic. This is the overriding story of the website. It just feels like it's a little bit 2016, 2017, and I think it could be updated. Photography's good. Original photography throughout, which is great, but you know, you need a bit more than that these days if you're going to compete for some of these terms. If you're competing against Healthline, WebMD, Mayo Clinic for some of these terms, which they will be for a lot of health stuff, you need to be absolutely blazing. Your content needs to be ridiculous. So we're not quite there yet. Also, they need to fix up the URL structure. Now, to get a bit more kind of technical, their URL is for this piece is grenade.com forward slash blogs forward slash all forward slash a beginner's guide to macros. Now, firstly, this post isn't called a beginner's guide to macros. It might have been at some point, but it's not called that now. It's called what are macros, which is this search term that they're targeting. So the URL should be what are macros. But secondly, they've got this as forward slash blogs forward slash all forward slash a beginner's guide. So they're telling Google that their kind of parent, the category page is this all. Well, you don't want to tell Google that this could be so much better, right? It should be forward slash blogs forward slash nutrition guides forward slash a beginner's guide to macro. And then what you'd be doing is you'd have this nutrition guides parent page, which you'd be driving all the authority up towards and you could have other guides about different types of nutrition. And that nutrition guides page could rank in its own right for things like nutrition guide. And you have the opportunity to make this so much better. So it's a good piece. It's a good idea, but it could be really elevated to the next level. There's also chronically there's no call to action. They're actually showing some of their products throughout, but they don't link to them, which is absolutely devastating. SE Ranking is estimating that they're getting a couple thousand clicks from the UK to this page every month. You know, you need to be monetizing that traffic. And just having nothing there is a complete washout. You need to be linking through to products and getting purchases at least link through to a sign up, you know, get people signing up for some kind of email thing, which introduces them, which gives them the basics of nutrition or something like that. This is a huge opportunity. And currently, it's just not doing anything. Okay, other things, they've got their product category page for their protein bars ranking for the term protein bars. This is important. This is an important search term for them because it is basically a non-branded high commercial intent term, which indicates somebody wants their product. Okay, in the UK, SE ranking is estimating 17,700 visits to that page from organic traffic, 27,000 searches per month for protein bars. This is just in the UK. All right. So you can see the importance of ranking for this worldwide. But another but so many buts with grenade. When you go to that page, the page title says protein snacks, low calorie protein bars, Grenade UK. When you look at the headline on the page, it's protein snacks. It's not even protein bars. So they're not putting their best foot forward. They're not trying as hard as they could to rank for protein bars. For me, put all your energy behind protein bars because that is exactly what this product is. 
Yes, they've got some biscuits on here, but it's protein bars. Fundamentally, that's what this is. If you want to target protein snacks, great, make another page about protein snacks. But protein bars, this should be all out. Cut it down the middle. It is ruthlessly optimized for protein bars because there is so much in that. Now, they're position two for it at the moment, and I'd love to see them get position one because that's going to give them a significant bump in traffic for this term. So just like with social, we get the feeling that actually the SEO piece is maybe not as much of a focus as it could be. Maybe they're not thinking as strategically about some of these things. And it's meant that there are clear opportunities. You don't have to go too far below the surface to find the big opportunities for some fairly significant improvement. Lots of low hanging fruit here. Now, the final thing I want to touch on isn't a big source of traffic for them, but possibly could be. And that is their Pull the Pin podcast. Now, this is with the founder of the business, Alan, who is an absolutely fantastic character, potentially a great asset for the business. I don't know Alan's relationship to the business now that it's been acquired by Mondelez. I don't know if he plans to step back and maybe that's the reason, but there is not much Alan on the website. This Pull the Pin podcast, however, is kind of feels like his corner of their marketing. So he runs this podcast that's mostly on their YouTube channel and on the, on the podcast platforms. And it doesn't get a huge volume of views considering Alan's profile and the profile of Grenade. Now, one of the reasons for this is that their release schedule is incredibly sporadic. So we've had three episodes in the last month at the time of filming this. And before then, the last episode was seven months ago, then nine months ago. A lot of these podcasts are getting 900 views. And that's kind of where they're capping out. So not a huge number of views. And it really feels like it's like I say, it's a separate corner of their marketing to everything else that they're doing. I think that there's opportunity here. Again, with the caveat, I don't know what Alan's relationship with the business is going to be long term. And if he's planning to step back and move away, I don't know. That would make sense if they're not making this front and center. But I think that there is opportunity with this long term. If you have a look at the character led fitness brands in the UK that are taking off, I'm thinking stuff like Gymshark, the body coach Joe Wicks built a huge visibility by being very personable. Alan's really exciting. He's got so much energy about him. His interviews in the podcast are amazing, but it's completely detached from the website. It's totally detached from their social media. Why don't we use cut ups from the podcast to establish a bit more of Alan and Grenade's personality with the audience that might not know him? But of course, this all comes back to their big existential question. Who is our target audience? If our target audience is the fitness people that is going to value the history of Grenade, then we need to do this stuff. If our target audience is the primetime TV parents and the family side of things, then actually we want to move away from all of that stuff. We want to be much more clean cut, friendly and safe for work, in which case we probably want to stop doing this stuff and actually be a bit more focused on being a fun and slightly more generic brand than we've got. So that is the ultimate conundrum for Grenades marketing. It feels like we don't know who the target audience is. And that is stopping us from being able to have a very consistent and coherent marketing strategy across all of these channels. And by the way, before we wrap up with some actionable lessons, I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, then please don't forget to subscribe or follow us if you're listening on Spotify. 
Remember also that you can watch the video versions of these podcasts on our YouTube channel. So just go to YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja. Also, don't forget to request your free website and digital marketing review from ExposureNinja.com. Okay then, so let's wrap up with some lessons. What are Grenade doing really well? Well, for me, one of their biggest strengths has always been their branding. Clear branding, impactful, they have their vibe. There's only one business I know. If I saw a social post where a big orange tank is driving down the street, I know immediately what business that is representing. If I see a massive hot air balloon shaped like a grenade with the word grenade slapped down the side, again, you could cover up loads of that post. I would know that this is grenade. If I see people blowing things up with rocket launchers, it's grenade. They are so clear with their branding. It's amazing. The colorful packages, the color scheme that they use, the orange, the whites, and the blacks, really high impact. And that is great. The challenge will be if they do transition to a general snack product, how they shift this branding from jacked up fitness folk to tone it down without alienating this initial audience. The next thing that they're doing really well, I say actually they're doing a really good job of entertaining through their social channels. They post a lot of meme stuff, which is legitimately funny without making the brand feel like a joke. And that's an important line to keep on the right side of. They keep the products front and center without it feeling overly spammy. And they celebrate with their audience how good the product tastes in a way that doesn't feel boring. You know, when you find some business that's really proud of their products and they just want to push their product on social all day long and it feels really draining and it makes you click off. Well, Grenade doesn't really take that. They celebrate, they know the fact that their product tastes really good and people love it. And they are like in that audience, they're saying, you know, they've got a picture of when the delivery driver says it's going to be here late or something. And the guy's like really sad and people are like, yeah, that's me. I feel sad when my grenade bars aren't being delivered and that type of stuff. So they get it. They understand that side of things. What about the opportunities? What about the lessons that we can take from this? Well, they have a huge opportunity with search. How often do we find ourselves saying this in these deep dives? Their website content, for example, is almost really good. And they could make this a fantastic source of new and qualified customers, but it needs love. And this is so often the case for so many businesses. If you want to rank really well, if you want to target that top of funnel traffic of which there is loads, you need to be absolutely spot on. It can't be enough to just dump up some blogs that were written a few years ago and hope that they get ranking. You have to really put your best foot forward. The website generally feels a little 2016, particularly on tablet and on desktop. If they want to move towards the direct consumer model, they have to make up some ground here. Whether new owners will see this as a priority, I don't know. But the lesson here for anyone who's in direct consumer, spend some time on the biggest companies in the space. You will see that they put in so much energy on their website. If you haven't listened to the Huel podcast, go and hear me raving about their product pages. That is the standard that all direct consumer brands should be aiming for because your website is everything. This is where all of the magic happens. You need to have a seriously sick website. It's not enough to put up something homemade. Yeah, our site's a few years old now. Let me stop you there. Okay, this is something that has to constantly be a work in progress. You have to constantly be refining, have very high standards for your website if you're direct consumer.
And the final thing, their social influencer feels ready to move to the next level as well. Doesn't feel like we're clear on the influencer type. That's possibly because we might not be as clear with the target audience. And there are so many opportunities to do fun things with tanks and balloons and that type of stuff. I'd love to see them put more emphasis on their story and their growth and the personality behind that because I think it's really compelling. I know it's owned by a giant corporation now, but that doesn't mean you can't talk about the origin. As long as the founders are kicking around driving tanks, let's talk a little bit more about that. So there you have it. There's the digital marketing deep dive for grenade.com. I hope you found this useful. If you haven't found it useful, then I hope it was at least interesting. Don't forget to subscribe and drop us a comment on one of our YouTube videos. Let us know what other businesses you'd like to see us do deep dives for. We have lots of them planned and we love hearing recommendations and suggestions for other brands that you'd like to see us reverse engineer. So head over to our YouTube channel and drop us a comment. Let us know which brands you'd like to see us looking into in the future. Until next week, see you soon.